You're listening to On the Brink, a podcast that brings you up-and-coming country music artists. We especially prohibit the reproduction of any parts of the podcast without our written consent. Please send your request via onthebrinkpodcast.com, where you can also sign up for updates. Please also support our sister site, stonecoldcountry.net. We sincerely thank you for listening and congratulate you on your expanding music library. Hey y'all, Santa here. I'd like to thank Recruiting Awesome for sponsoring this On The Brink podcast episode. If you're an organization that is looking to hire new employees, I would absolutely recommend that you go to recruitingawesome.net and find out more about this stellar organization. They have over 15 years of experience in the talent acquisition and HR consulting space. They are absolutely able to put your organization on the right expansion plan. If this sounds appealing to you, then why not just give them a call right now? That phone number is 1-800-748-0518. Once again, that number is 1-800-748-0518. Or you can visit them at recruitingawesome.net. They take the worry out of recruiting. And don't forget to tell them that you heard the good news from Santa. Hey, Addison. How are you? Hey, how are you? Hey, how's Nashville? Golly, I've been reading that you guys have had like freezing temperatures. Oh, it's uh, it's been a mess around here. We just got, uh, I, I think last week or whatever we got, like two inches worth of ice and then about then up where i live which is just about 40 minutes north of nashville we got i don't know four inches of snow and we just got another four to five inches last night so (laughs) i i went to daytona with my uh, father and uh ended up having to uh, yeah i know it was great down there it was 80 degrees (laughs) and uh but then i couldn't get home and so I stayed in a hotel in Chattanooga for two days. And but yesterday was kind of now or never because I knew we had this second wave coming in. So uh, I was happy to actually make it through it. <laughs> kind of scary, huh? I mean, it, well, it all depends on what kind of weather you're used to. Now, you're from North Carolina. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I've driven in a lot of snow and a lot of times not in a four wheel drive vehicle. So I'm, I'm kind of used to it, but I just, just sold my truck two weeks ago and I got a, uh, I got a new, uh, basically a transit van, which is going to be the new tour bus. And, uh, yeah, which is, which is great, but I wasn't really thrilled about, you know, driving it in this weather (laughs) two weeks after getting it uh so i was glad to have that full coverage but thankfully i made it i made it back home (laughs) yeah the timing is kind of suspect right (laughs) absolutely good lord now whereabouts are you from i I know you're from north carolina i don't really know from where Uh, i was born in greensboro which is slap middle of the state uh but i was also raised up around uh boone as well which is kind of that banner elk territory Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that actually that is how my parents met at ASU. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I I was about two steps away from from going to App, and uh, 
decided that I wanted to be a uh, broke country singer for the rest of my life. So I <laughs> moved on down to Nashville instead. Don't, don't, don't get me. You see, I'm trying to be good here. Don't get me started on this thing with this broke country. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. Let's, let's leave that alone. That's like a dead horse. It's been beat too many times already. <laughs> what, 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 what is, what is, I'm bro sorry. country, bro country, you know? Oh no, no. I, um, yeah. We don't want to go there. <laughs> but we yeah, do. Well, it, 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 I usually get it every interview at some point, you know, that they ask me and I, I've come up with a very PC answer to kind of get around it these days. So. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, I'll tell you, your music certainly would never be considered anything but just good old-fashioned country music. And Well, thank you. So so happy about that as well. Um, you hooked me. I heard, because um, I, you know, honestly, I had never heard of you, Addison, until about a year and a half ago. I don't know how sure. you were not on my radar, but... Um, I heard this one song. I mean, it's absolutely one of my favorite songs I heard from you already. That's um, I've already been through hell. That might not yeah. be the real title, but that's uh, <laughs> that's what. Yeah, I uh, yeah, already been through. Yeah, you're all over okay. it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. When I heard that song, it just brought you know tears to my eyes. I was able to relate to it on such a deep sure. level. You know, things going on in my life and stuff. And I, absolutely. you know, it's funny. Um, you know, Spotify does uh, what they call a wrap up, I guess it's called. And yeah, that yeah. song was my most played song. Wow. For last yes, it was. That's awesome. <laughs> well, no, you know, I, uh, I I wrote that song when I was, man, just about at the bottom that I could possibly be in. You know, I was living, living in Nashville, had negative two hundred dollars in the bank account i was yeah, working yeah. a full-time job and just uh trying to figure out how to make some headway and uh and and that song kind of came about through that wow and those are the best songs now is that how and and i'm sorry addison we're kind of going off the grid here because sure. i know we have questions <laughs> but sometimes no, you're fine you know, this does happen sometimes. You just start talking and things come up. But um, I wanted to ask you, is that how you usually write? Because um, when I look at your songs, some of your songs, which I also love, are kind of narratives like stories, you know, and I yeah. love story songs. So um, I was just wondering, like, how do you approach, you know, songwriting? Um, I guess you write in a lot of different ways because you write from the heart. Because that song that I mentioned, yeah. you already shared. It was something you were going through. But then you have these like rolling and stolen. I, I'm thinking you didn't go through that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, I, I just, I've always been fascinated um, with the story side of country music. I, I really think that's what makes this genre so special is because we're able historically uh, to tell a story like no one else can. And and that's where, you know, I really dug in on Christopherson and Willie Nelson and people like that for influences there. And, you know, sometimes it's I it's I have an idea and I'm like, man, this is really cool. Like Roland Stolen, for example, uh, a police friend of mine, he worked in Metro Nashville and they had what's called the Roland Stolen list. And back in the 90s, and if they and he was telling me about it, and he goes, you know, if we found a car that was stolen, that was local, we got a free day off. 
And uh, we were on a fishing trip when he was telling me about this. And I'm like, rolling stolen. Like, you would just not leave my brain. Like, I was just like, what an awesome title for a song. And oh so God. that kind of just came about kind of like that. And it's it's super random for me. Super random. A lot of times it's, I mean, it's never planned. I'm just sitting here with the guitar and all of a sudden something comes out. And, and that's just kind of how it happens. Sometimes it's melody first. Sometimes it's lyrics first. Sometimes it's the idea first. It's all over the board for me personally. So, you know, someone else could have heard the same story. The cop, I'm sure, you know, was probably told that story, you know, over and over again. And sure. maybe no one else would have thought of writing a song about it. Yeah, you know? yeah. That 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 one has been the most fun, just you know, doing radio interviews and stuff. And they're like, Tell me about Rolling Stolen. And I'm like, Well, it's a you know, it's a it's a song about a guy that steals a Chevelle to sell fake drugs to the Italian mafia in New Orleans. <laughs> and they're like, Okay, so like typical country music stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and hear that song. It's one of my favorites. Here we go. I got a pound of white powder up under my bed and I really gotta get it gone. So I went down to old Bobby Gentry's house cause I knew he wasn't home. Yeah, I really had to hustle that American muscle was tucking the cut to vines. With a little hot wire, I was spinning tires and I heading towards the county line. Now I'm rolling, strolling down to New Orleans in that old Chevelle. I got the law on my ass and my foot on the gas, yeah, hauling them cartel bells. Gotta get there for the morning while the sheriff's still snoring and try to make that sale. Well, I'm a rolling, strolling down to New saw them flashing blue lights so i grabbed me a gear and i started to steer up that old country hillside hey smoky meat bandage you know i gotta hand it to them boys out there in blue they were spinning like a top had them kicking up rocks but they hung in for a mile or two now i'm rolling stolen down a new Sheriff's still snoring and try to make that sale. Well, I'm a rolling stolen down a new Orleans in that old Chevelle. Chevelle. I got the mob on my ass 
set my foot on the gas Boys, I'm hauling the mail Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it But I'm sure gonna spend it And I got a good story to tell But well, I'm a rolling stolen Back from New Orleans In that old Chevelle But well, I'm a rolling stolen Great. I love that song. That is such a fun song. Addison, Rolling and Stolen. Good Lord. You know, that's great. And I think your next album probably has a lot of awesome songs in it, too. But we'll we'll get to that just in a minute. Sure. Cause it seems like those songs are going to be more story based as well. But, you know, going back to your hometown. So we have something in common. Right. So, you know, one part of my family is from North Carolina and you're from North yeah. Carolina, too. And um, you were talking about your hometown and is there someone famous from your hometown? You know, anyone that stands out? Like when you were growing up, you were like, oh, gosh, you know, this is like the big cheese here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, what's funny is, you know, go, growing up in Greensboro, North Carolina, there's there's two things that are pretty much religion there. And NASCAR. that is and NASCAR and college basketball. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're either a Carolina fan, you're a Duke fan, you're you know, the Earnhardts are king there, but, you know, right. where I grew up in Greensboro is literally, you know, you know, 15 minutes away from Richard Petty's shop. Oh, and, wow. and this is just, uh, it's a huge part of the culture there. And, uh, so, you know, p- the Petties and stuff being there in central North Carolina lived in Concord for a while. And, you know, that's really just the big hub, uh, for, for stock car racing and stuff like that. So, you know, you go to a restaurant and you're always going to see somebody uh, out there. And so, you know, the cup drivers and, and then as well as all the college basketball players, you know, they, they pretty much ran that part of town. And then, you wow. know, Greensboro held the ACC championship forever. And that was yep. that was kind of a big deal. And and we've been been really fortunate to have, you know, a lot of super, super big uh country artists come out of um, North Carolina, whether it's Eric Church or Charlie Daniels or, you know, Luke Combs is out there doing it now. So, um, you know, it's, we've had a, had a lot of cool people come out of there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's an awesome music scene, you know, especially in like central North Carolina. And a lot of it's fueled by, you know, the awesome schools that are out there. You guys have some great schools, you know, great universities. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I I also heard something about you being a darn good fisherman. Is that true? Well, I I don't know about darn good. It's certainly (laughs) a a big part of my life. Um, You know, I, I got the passion from my grandfather and uh and my uncle they they really kind of paved the way what we're a big fishing family uh was on always on the water and it's kind of turned into a part of my business even as a musician these days Hmm. with some of the works that i'm able to do with uh partners and stuff like that and getting to have an opportunity to play fishing events and and things like that have, have been really cool and uh, you know, trying to get out there and, and get some good footage and have a lot of fun. It's, it's become a very big part of my life over the past three or four years. I I say that, you know, I got the passion from my, from my grandfather and my uncle, but I did not get the same talent that (laughs) they had. So, uh, but I, I really do, I really do enjoy getting out there. Well, I, I thought I saw you have like an endorsement with one of the, uh, companies that are centered around fishing. Is that right? Or 
Did yeah, I? yeah. You know, I, I, like I said, I've been extremely fortunate that you know a lot of these uh, companies have wanted to 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 be a part of of my life and support me uh, on the water and behind the mic. Uh, whether it's uh, Dugout Bait and Tackle, they're based in uh, Marietta, Georgia, and just a great great uh, tackle shop and kayak shop and stuff. And, but, you know, also Yeti and Sims and uh, a lot of other great companies have, have jumped on board and, you know, they, they, they really support me uh, and my music, which is really the cool thing because, you know, the, their job is to make money in the fishing industry, but they, they get really excited when, when we have some good news on the uh, guitar end as well. Oh, that's awesome. So what's the biggest fish you've ever caught? And I don't know if you're a freshwater fisherman, saltwater. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So. Yeah, Sharon. you know, we, we, yeah, we've, uh, you know, uh, up here in Tennessee, we're, we're kind of famous for smallmouth up here. So, you know, I've got a couple couple smallmouth that are, you know, in the six pound range, which is, which is a really, really big smallmouth. And you know, been fortunate to do some trout fishing and catch like a 26 inch brown and stuff like that. So, uh, still haven't got that 10 pound largemouth yet. We're, we're still on the hunt for that, but hopefully, you know, uh, we can cross that off this year. That sounds awesome. And, and where would you say, cause you know, we like to give this information to, you know, the fine folks listening, what is like your favorite place to fish at? Yeah. He- heaven for me is on Del Hollow Lake. And uh, mm-hmm. half of it is in Kentucky. The other half is in Tennessee. And what I really love about this lake is it, it's run by the Corps of Engineers. So they really don't let people build docks and stuff on there. Oh. Um, and it looks like Tennessee would have looked in the 1920s. The oh. area is so untouched. Yeah. And it's just mm-hmm. absolutely. And they do great jobs of preserving the fishery and things like that as well on you know how people can take stuff out and all that it's it's just a beautiful place to uh not only go and spend a day but you know to have it kind of in your backyard only 45 minutes away from me it's it's something that i hit i try to hit as much as i possibly can oh that's awesome plus it's really important to like disconnect and unwind right you know with everything that you have going on and stuff so yeah, for sure. You know, I, I, I tend to make a job out of everything that I love. Uh, that's just like <laughs> how I'm wired. Um, so, but you know, I, I definitely get out there and, and have a good time and, you know, I, I compete with myself a lot of times I'm on the road, so I can't fish as many tournaments as I, as I used to. Uh, but you know, my, my big goal out on the water these days is, is, uh, we, we've got a pretty cool cam- camera set up on the boat now. Now. And so try, trying to get big fish on footage is kind of uh, is my new challenge when I when I get out on the water. That's awesome. Do you have any special lures or bait or anything like that that you want to share? Just, you know, give some pointers to people that are listening. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as we approach, you know, uh, late February here, uh, we'll start getting into the, the pre-spawn for largemouth, smallmouth, spotted bass. And, you know, uh, the Rapala DT-10 is usually my go-to bait around this time of year. I had an absolute amazing time on it for uh, about two weeks straight on Del Hollow last year. And it's just a, it's a great search bait. It helps you find fish and, 
and it's very easy to use, you know, but somebody just getting started, it's, it's throw it out there and reel it back in and, and hold on because it, it catches them for sure. Hey, you're serious. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you know, I know a lot of people say they're fishermen. A lot of people listen to this show. I'm not going to name any names, Jake. But anyway, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they catch a lot. And, you know, but most of it is uh, a good buzz. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. But there's More plenty of room me. for that as well. Plenty of room for that. So what's your favorite beverage when you're out there on the water? Do you have, you one? know, I, but, but, but most of the time on the water, I'm, I, I'm usually, um, I, I try to get down as much water as I possibly can. Cause I, 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 I will literally stay out there all day and yeah. not eat a bite or take a drink of water and yeah. just focused on what I'm doing. And that's yeah. not very healthy. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I try to, I try to pound water if I can. Um, well, when I get the time to actually thinking about it. No, I, I can certainly understand that. Well, you know, a lot of people, when they head out early in the morning to try to get some fish and they don't, it's it's like they've been through hell, you know, because oh. they come back with nothing. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and play that favorite song of mine that you wrote a while ago, sure. which is Already Been Through Hell. So here we go. I've made mistakes I've had regrets Done some things I just can't forget I broke some hearts Including mine I took my chances With the wine But I can't keep Going on like that yeah, my future can't be my past Cause I spend more time with the devil Than I have in the pews And I've opened a lot more bottles Than Bibles, it's true But there's gotta be something out there, Lord I sure need your help To save myself Heaven's like Cause I've already Been through hell I've had my days With an aching head And a stranger Next to me in bed no love and I've watched it leave over foolish pride I wouldn't drink yeah I've fallen so far from grace yeah there ain't much here left to say cause I spend more time with the devil But there's gotta be something out there, Lord I sure need your help To save myself I wanna 
see what heaven's like Cause I've already been through hell Yeah, with my reputation The thought of salvation Seems a little out of reach Cause I've walked the wire Seen the brimstone and fire But I still pray there's hope for me Yeah, I've spent more time with the devil than I have in the pews And I've opened a lot more bottles Than Bibles, it's true But there's gotta be something out there, Lord I sure need your help I wanna see what heaven's like Cause I've already been I've already been Great, Addison. I love that song. That's well. You know, I have to sit through your entire album, which you haven't given that to me yet. I just have a couple singles. So as soon as I hear your entire album, I'll probably have a new favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to fix that immediately. Yeah, we have to fix that. But um, yeah, already gone through. Oh, that's that's just an amazing song. But um, I did want to talk about your latest release. So you got a new album out. Tell us all about it. I mean, yeah. Tell us all about it. Yeah, the new album, uh, Dark Side of the Mountain, you know, uh, this album um, was a process, you know, uh, whether it was in the middle of COVID, we, I, I feel like I wrote it 15 times over and, you know, we went in and recorded a bunch of songs, thought we had it done, blew it up, restarted again, recorded more songs. And, and this is what we came out with right here. And it's kind of a bluegrass, traditional country, outlaw music hybrid i guess you could say wow. it's, a, it's it's a lot of things all in one uh dark, dark side of the mountain is basically uh just a combination of stories um some from my life some just purely fictional uh as i've gotten deeper into songwriting and stuff like that i've really tried to start coming up with three and a half minute movies that you can play in your mind while you're driving and That's kind awesome. of live through the experiences of of these different of these different characters. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, w worked with a, you know, a, a great producer, a couple great producers on this, uh, David Flint, who's been with me forever. We've worked together for 10 years now. Oh, and, wow. uh, th this is our third project together and our first full album together. Uh, he he's great. Me and him have really learned a lot from each other. We continue to push each other, uh, I think of him um, as a friend and it's just been a really good relationship. And then we added the addition of Luke DeJanes this year, who is just an incredible um, producer, unbelievable at mixing and mastering records. And so we got him to do this record and it, it just came out 
it, it came out great. It's a very dark album. Um, and so it's, uh, but at the same time, it's not like ho hum. There, there's a lot of upbeat songs and stuff like that, but it kind of, kind of goes through some alleys that I would say country music is probably afraid to go through these days. <laughs> is it like a murder ballad uh, type album, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the, you know, wow. we, we, we've got plenty of that on there, you know, where there's uh, uh, Cumberland River, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then you got some old just good beer, whiskey drinking songs like Old Number 7, and uh you'll do just fine and stuff like that on there too i whenever i put an album together i really try to first the people that don't even like country music you know if you were going to be introduced to my music i want you to be able to find one song on there that you would like and and that's with also just country music fans if you're a bluegrass fan i hope we have something on here for you if you're a diehard traditional country fan i hope we have something here uh, on the record for you. So it's kind of a mixed bag. How many dead bodies? <laughs> it, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah I, I think there's only, I, I, they're probably only like one dead body on the record. Okay. I think, okay. I think, and, and they, and they never found that one. So. Oh yeah. Uh, watch it. Chris Knight is infamous. You, you know who Chris Knight is. I'm sure. Absolutely. Right? Oh yeah. He's infamous. I, he's one of my favorite all time, you know, um, and his, uh, albums you you'd be hard pressed to get less than you know five dead bodies <laughs> yeah well you know that we, we put the album together and i put it in order and i'm like well we have a gun and someone going to jail and like and like four out of the ten songs so um <laughs> it's uh okay. you know it's kind of extensive right so let's go ahead and play a song off of your latest album which song would you like to introduce to the fine folk yeah we can uh we can play uh blue eyes red for them all right let's do it This morning, 
great, great, Addison. Blue Eyes Red. Tell us a little bit about that song. Yeah, yeah. That song right there, you know, is extremely personal. Um, it's uh, well, when I when I wrote it, I wrote it from experiences uh, of myself as well as people that I've known that um, at one time or another have struggled with the old drink. Mm-hmm. And have hard have had a hard time with it, and you know that's it's nothing uncommon in this uh, in this business for sure. Uh, a lot of my heroes, whether it's George Jones or you know Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, they all had their their habits and and their struggles with things. And right. and that song just kind of uh, addresses it a little bit uh, of a guy that's going through a really hard time and um, is uh, and that's what pretty much makes his blue eyes red. Right. You know, that's what I love about traditional country music, Addison. So because we have the opportunity to really share about the things that we've been through, uh, because that's where you do it. You don't hear it in a lot of different musical genres out there. Not that I'm aware of anyway, um, because, you know, when you listen to pop music, for the most part, it's, you know, (laughs) let's all be happy. You know, well, I'm being I'm generalizing that I'm sure, you know, there are pockets of every genre that have heartfelt you know songs about real sure. life there has to be but you will admit that traditional country music really has you know kind of that reputation of really you know opening a vein so to speak <laughs> yeah and and just just overall honesty you know um you know i even as personally as an artist you know i try not to hide anything from my fans um if i'm struggling with something you know, I, I try to put it into a song because maybe somebody else is struggling with something. And, right. um, you know, we've without without diving in this rabbit hole, you know, I, I think as a genre, we've gotten extremely cookie cutter and cartoonish right. to a sense where every day's a party. It's all beer truck girl over and over again. And, and in all reality, that's that's not life for um for everybody on a daily basis. I, I, I would say most country music fans out there, you know, like a, like a beer and like a truck, but that's not uh that's not the daily problems and stuff that they, that they deal with. And, and so I try to, at least in my music, try to address that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, and that's what makes, you know, I think traditional country music, especially, you know, more poignant and kind of relevant. So I was wondering, you know, what do you love about traditional country music? Is that part of what you really like about it? The honesty, the, you know, being able to share your narrative? Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, that historically these guys the reason why they translate it over so well is because they're just like us, you know, they're just, they're just normal people that are, that, that are talented and, and they tell stories about, you know, what they go through on a daily basis, but they do it with such great conviction um, that I think it, it delivers it and it, and it helps a lot of times day to day working man's blues kind of problems it helps put it in a light that, you know, makes it bearable a lot of times uh, to stuff that might not be so bearable. And so uh, that's where I've, you know, I've always loved. And, and I'm I'm one of those I'm one of those rainy day people like I, I love storms and I love sad music. 
the, the saddest yeah. music that you can get is 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 my is my favorite kind of music yeah. because I I do love that raw emotion. I hey, you're preaching to the choir. I wrote a blog post for Stone Cold Country uh, called "Bring Back Sad to Country" because it's like we Absolutely. need it. You know? um, and it, actually, when I started uh, diving a bit more deeply into that subject, I found, believe it or not, a scientific case study on the fact that sad songs actually make you feel better. And I know yeah. that sounds bizarre, but it's true. <laughs> Oh no, for for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I (laughs) a venue found that out the hard way. It's kind of funny now, but like, it's actually a good buddy of mine. But they booked me on Valentine's Day, and uh, I've got about six love songs in my entire three-hour set (laughs) of of just absolutely heart-ripping, you know, (laughs) country music. So. but uh yeah so no i i couldn't agree more it's it's definitely my favorite now you kind of touched on this already um in terms of who your musical heroes are so i heard you say george and then you did reference a merle song i want to ask you so that we you know have a clear understanding of who your musical heroes are and why for sure um sound number one all time has taught me just so much. I, I don't know if I've ever learned more from another artist than I have George Jones. Um, just his delivery, you know, his um, the ability to make people feel something. You know, you could have 15 different people sing George Jones's songs and not get the emotion that George got out of that oh, song. Yeah. And that was always just absolutely mind blowing to me that he was able to do that. You know, uh, and then I look at people like Jerry Jeff Walker or Chris Christopherson, um, you know, yeah, songwriters and just people that are absolutely brilliant at painting a picture. And, you know, and I love that that golden era era of country music, too, where, you know, it's Farron Young and Roger Miller and and people like that. You know, I, I think that area that gets overlooked a lot of times and there's a lot of great stuff in there. And, you know, I've kind of just pulled from, from, from everything, but, you know, really how I got introduced to George was growing up anyways, was through, was through Alan Jackson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has been kind of the forefront for the last, you know, 20, 30 years in, in great story songs mm-hmm. and, and just keeping traditional country music um, going uh, you know, him and straight, obviously, but I've always just really related with Alan Jackson. And I think most people would call him a George Jones disciple along oh. with Vince Gill. And so that's, uh, drawing from guys like that is something that I've, that I've always done and I've always looked up to. Oh yeah. I would throw Joe Diffie in there as well. You know, sure. um, Tracy Lawrence. There's, yeah. There's a bunch from that era. That's the, you're talking about. Um, well, the 90s in terms of alan jackson i would say you know uh, middle 80s to the 90s is when alan jackson really um you know really hit his stride i think he just had such phenomenal success but you know and i was having this conversation with someone else about how uh 90s country if you look at the billboard charts and i'm one of those nerds i like data and stuff and i like to see (laughs) why things are the way they are but when you really look at like the Billboard um, char- charts from the 90s, 
most of the music was traditional country music, Addison. And these were yeah. the chart toppers back then. Yeah, and and I solely believe that, you know, it can still work today. Um Me too. You know, I, I I don't think it's a dead art form at all. I, I still think there's, I mean, you look at, you know, I, and the music's always going to change to an extent. But I, I, I just feel in a, a town full of the best songwriters in the world, mm-hmm. we are not doing a very good job of showcasing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that opportunity needs to arise. And you're starting to see in the independence like a Tyler Childers or a Sturgill Simpson or a Cody Jinks or something like that, that have those influences have, whether it's bluegrass or traditional country influences mm-hmm. really take off on their own without any help from the row uh, mm-hmm. downtown, just purely because people crave it. They miss it. It's something that's important to them. And it's something that it's not just your grandpa's country music or something that, you know, is dead and gone and by the wayside. It's something that is still just as relevant today as it was then. The only difference is, is they don't play it on radio. Right, right. And um, can't remember which, um, I think it was Dennis Ladbetter, who's a real, you know, hardcore traditionalist. Um, we were talking about how um, there are so many outlets now for the independent artists, you know, so... Sure. There are, you know, a variety of, you know, uh, ways that your music can be heard. I mean, social media is a big one. And you have, you know, small independent radio stations, um, you know, online and also, you know, in small towns across the world, actually, you know, because, you know, if you go into like Europe, you know, um, we have a lot of listeners from the UK, from Switzerland. um, And it's just... You know, um, what we were talking about is that now, because of the Internet, there's a lot of ways that an independent artist can gain traction, you know, and get some recognition. And um, so it seems like the independent outlets are strengthening now. And so they're providing, you know, more of an opportunity for you to do the kind of music that you want to do. Maybe, you know, without the support of, you know, the mainstream country music, um, you know, industry, you know, do you you think that's correct? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's, you know, and I'm not somebody that's like, you know, let's let's tear all the record labels down. You know, I I, I'm just I'm more or less think that they have been. Uh, they have been stripped of a lot of their power, which I think is important for this movement to continue to happen. And, you know, the the key that they still hold is is to radio. But mm-hmm. as streaming is becoming more uh, relevant and, you know, less people are listening to the radio, that key even kind of loses its weight a little bit. Right. And, you know, that that kind of just puts into the hands of, you know, how, how much do you want it? You know, that's what I tell people all the time that want to move to town because the avenues are there now where it doesn't matter if you have label support or not, if you want it. And then if you have the talent and ambition to get after, you can achieve a lot of great things without ever playing on the radio. And, and that's what I explain to people all the time. You know, they tell me that, you know, country music is dead. I'm like, it, it's not dead. You just have to look for it. You know, if you want to, if you want to take your wife out to a, a wife or husband out to a nice dinner or something like that, 
you know, it's much easier to find a McDonald's. It's off of every single exit. But if you want to, if you want to go and have a nice steak or something, what do you do? You look it up on, on online, you check the reviews and you do all that. So if people can do that for a steak, they can do that for their music as well. Wow. That is such an awesome analogy, Anderson. Wow. I'm not kidding. You know, there you get a hand. (laughs) (laughs) I am not kidding. I am serious as a heart attack. That is such an awesome analogy because you're absolutely correct. How much do you want it? I mean, how important is it to you? You know, so are you going to settle for chopped beef or do you want filet mignon or (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And and I've always thought, you know, that there's in in my uh, being in Nashville for 10 years, you know, there's I've noticed there's two kinds of people that move to town. There's there's people that want to do this and there's people that have to do this. And the people that want to do this can be successful as well. But that success has to come quick. And if that success does not come quick, they're going to move on and do something else. The people that have to do this can make it through the Great Depression, through COVID, through anything and above, because it's they they literally could not breathe without it. And right. I would I would like to think that I'm in that realm. No, no matter how right. bad it gets or how great it gets, you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm doing it for the right reasons and I'm putting out the best product and the best thing that I can possibly do. Absolutely. That's awesome, Addison. Now, you know, you made a couple of references in terms of, you know, the uh, people that really want it and the people that, you know, kind of would like to, but if it doesn't work out, they can move on to something else. But how relevant is it to move to Nashville nowadays? I'm just wondering about that because as we were talking, you know, um, there are so many uh, different alternatives now in terms of getting your music heard. Um, And, you know, like, for example, I came across you because um, that one song I was, you know, on YouTube and and that's how I I found you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, and then I started digging around and make sure it wasn't a cover or something, you know, you make sure it wasn't someone else's song I hadn't heard before or something like that. And so I I found you on YouTube. You know, that's really what it comes down to. Um, And so there are so many different ways now. And I'm just trying to, um, you know, figure out you know, if it still makes sense for folks to move to Nashville. I I guess it would make sense if you're a songwriter, right? Because, you you know, they're the best songwriters in the world really are in Nashville. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I think so, for sure. You know, I, you know, I, I get, I get asked a lot of questions on, um, you know, as far as different artists wanting to move down here and stuff like that. And I, it's different for every person, I think. And it, mm-hmm. and it all depends on what you want to accomplish because there's a lot of different layers to it. If you want to be a top 40 sensation, then yes, you need to be here. Mm-hmm. If you want to make a living at, you know, at a very high level playing music for a living, you don't have to be here. Right. If you want to be a hit songwriter, you need to be here. Um, so, I mean, you know, just because of the contacts and stuff, but, you know, I know a lot of guys out in the Midwest where I, you know, that's where I play a ton that, you know, they play, they tour full time and everything and, and they make a great 
you know, they have a great business. They make plenty of money and you've never heard of them before and you might not ever hear of them. But right. at the same time, like they're still doing it at an extremely high level. So I think and and that's what's always been different for me is like what is m- making it, quote unquote, making it is so different for everybody. Um, you know, my only ambition of ever coming to town is I wanted to make a living doing this. Some people's idea of making it is you have to be on the radio or you have to have a number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think based on the different parameters, it's that's how you decide whether you need to come to town or not. Uh, It's not the same town. It was five years ago or 10 years ago. Um, I think it's, I think it's extremely tough as it always has been, but there's the gatekeepers have the doors locked up pretty good. And you have to, uh, you really have to play the game. If you're going to get inside. Yeah. You have a big comfy chair there. I'm jealous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I went, went, unplugged uh that alexa Um, no it's okay it's okay so um we were talking about you know different types of um country music you know that your album represents and i know that you are a stone cold country fan you love traditional country music obviously no one names george jones as one of their top influences yeah that's like impossible um so i'm wondering you know, out of all the songs that you've heard throughout your life, um, what song would you choose if you had to kind of introduce someone to traditional country music? Who that I mean, that's that's a brutally tough question. Just I mean, <laughs> but like I I guess I could just give you my favorite song of all time, sure. which believe it or not, is not by George Jones. Um, my favorite song of all time is Misery and Gin by Merle Haggard. Oh, Merle. And, and I just think that, you know, but if I was going to give somebody like an introduction to country music, I mean, I think you would have to start them at He Stopped Loving Her Today. I, I know that seems, by Jones, I know that seems kind of like a cliche answer, but like that really is the bread and butter of of all the eras mixed together into one by the best vocalist this town has ever seen. Yeah. I I can't, I can't argue with that at all, at all. And off of your latest album, which song would you say is the most traditional song on there in your opinion? Most traditional uh, old number seven is probably the most traditional song on there. It's got kind of a, uh, Kind of a Texas swing mixed. I mean, the steel playing is just phenomenal on it. They did a great job on it. And I, I think that has probably the most traditional flavor to it. Everything kind of has either a bluegrass touch or a singer songwriter folk touch or a hardcore traditional country touch. But I would say old number seven would probably lead the charge in that category. All right. Let's hear that right now. On your troubles ain't the way for a man to behave Yeah, my liver's been paying for what my heart can't take I got a belly full of whiskey and a woman that'll miss me, it's true Jack Daniel's been telling me what to do Yeah, five shots and I feel 
put me six feet down Jukebox singing me the blues Cause I've been driving nails in my coffin over you Yeah, good corn liquor ain't good for the ticker I know But for a full on stole it's the best way On the Brink 2021.